Okay. Let's see if we can maybe do a show. Maybe do a show. I gotta get this microphone somehow. I always have trouble with a microphone. Um, keeping it out of my uh, eyes, you know, so I can see my screen and also see my iPad because I don't plan anything. And of course, then the show sucks, but I don't care. Um, I'm moving the thing around. Okay. Um, just went to the dock tour. Um, I went to, oh, let's see. It was December 23rd and I kind of started feeling a little bit shitty. Like I thought it was okay when the weather changes and it goes from being like uh, real hot out, it warms up, you know, to like 60 some degrees, 70 degrees. And then the next thing you know, within like 24 hours, it drops down to like 20 degrees or 15 or something like that. It always makes me feel like shit and like my sinuses and everything. And I get like pressure and in my head and I just feel like crap for a day or two. And I thought that's what it was. So I went to, I kept thinking, you know, um, Christmas is, you know, a couple days away and family's going to get together and everything. So I have, haven't gotten checked for COVID. So I thought, well, you know, why not while I'm over here uh, at this pharmacy, you know, I'm going to go ahead and have them do a COVID check. So they did the check and a couple days later it came back and it said negative. But while I was over there, I thought, you know, I'm just going to run over to Walmart and get the booster shot. I'd already had the two uh, Pfizer shots, and but I hadn't got the booster. And I thought, you know what? I need to go do that. So I went and got the booster shot. And then from there on, I felt like shit. Uh, didn't do anything for Christmas. Didn't do anything for my birthday. Didn't do anything for New Year's. And just felt like shit. And was <coughs> called, called off work. Okay. I was off work for, oh geez, almost like a couple months, but I was getting down to, um, I just felt like crap and I had like plenty of leave and everything, but I mean, I felt horrible. Um, couldn't, uh, just like almost like I had chronic fatigue. I was just sleeping constantly uh, get headaches and everything. And then there was times where I was coughing so much that I would like, you know, throwing up and everything. Um, and mostly the, the main thing was, is like I said, just like, just like super fatigue. So then I was trying to, I went and like a couple weeks later, I thought, man, I still feel like shit. I'm going to go and get another COVID test. So I went and got another COVID test and, uh, it was one of those ones where they stick the damn thing up your nostril and almost halfway through the back of your skull. And of course, then they send it away and it came back negative. And um, so then I made an appointment with my family doctor. I uh, went to see her and told her what was going on and everything. So she ran some tests, did some blood work and did a urine test and all this and that. And, um, everything came back. She said, you know, nothing was remarkable or anything. So then she said, I'm going to, um, I made an appointment with my heart doctor. Cause I thought, well, maybe, you know, I need to go see him and just make sure everything's okay. 
So then um, she made a referral to this neurologist. And I went to the neurologist, I think it was Friday, this past Friday, and today's Monday. And, uh, or Thursday of last week. And um, this guy, I went into his office and I was immediately uncomfortable because when they took me into the examination room, he had one of those grease boards, one of those white grease boards you can write stuff on and then just wipe it off. And it had all this political stuff that somebody had written on it. Like, you know, Thomas Jefferson said that uh, the end of the of the United States or whatever will come when we stop giving things to people who are willing to work and start giving things to people who aren't willing to work or something like that. And then there was like a pegboard, uh, a, a cork uh, bulletin board on the other wall, and it had a bunch of like newspaper articles, a bunch of political stuff, like about like Joe Manchin and all this stuff. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck? I'm sitting there thinking, what the fuck? You know, you're a doctor. Why would you have this political stuff up anywhere in your office, let alone in an exam room, you know? So then he came in. And um, I told him what was going on. I said, I went and got the uh, COVID booster shot like uh, December 23rd. And I said, I felt like shit ever since. And he goes, don't ask me about COVID. I don't know anything about COVID. I don't, don't, don't even ask me about it. I, I know nothing about it. He goes, you and everybody else probably knows more about it than I do. I don't know anything about it. So don't ask me about it. And I'm like, my, in my head, I'm thinking, what the fuck is going on here? So then um, he said, well, you know, you got referred here from, um, you know, your family doctor and everything. And um, he said something about sleep apnea because she had said something about sleep apnea and maybe doing a sleep study. Well, I've never, I mean, you know, I've never had any problems sleeping or anything like that before. And I think that, that, the, this guy, I think that maybe that's his whole thing is like a sleep study. And he just kept talking like, you know, no matter what I said or whatever, I said, well, you know, I had seen my heart doctor and he said, well, you know, make sure that he does, tell him you want a CAT scan or an MRI. And so I was like, you know, okay. And so I mentioned that to this neurologist guy and he, and he just totally was like blowing it off, like trying to talk me out of it. He said, he goes, I'm just telling you right now. He goes, I don't think that 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 it's anything. He goes, I don't think that's what it is or anything. He goes, uh, he goes, I'll run the test if you want me to. And he goes, but I'll tell you what. He goes, I imagine that I, from you know just from what you've told me and looking at you and this and that, uh, somebody your age, your size, and everything. He goes, I I don't imagine that I'll see anything that's like anything remarkable. He goes, I might see a, you know a few uh, black spots or something like that. But I, he goes, I'm pretty sure he goes, everything's just going to, you know, look normal, but I'll do, I'll do the things if you want me to, you know, but, uh, but, you know, he goes, I'm pretty sure that you, you, you have sleep apnea and that's what it is. It's sleep apnea. So I left there and he had made it, they had made an appointment, uh, to come back and I came home and I just started assessing the situation and I was like, you know what? I don't have a good feeling about this guy. And if I'm going to go to 
a neurologist uh, or, you know, go to a doctor. I want to make sure that I have um, confidence in the, in the doctor. And just because you go in there and the guy's the doctor and you got referred to him doesn't mean that that's going to be who you have to stay with or whatever. And I didn't feel good about the guy. I didn't like how he acted. I didn't like all that shit. Like I said, up on the, up on the, the bulletin boards and stuff like that in the exam room. I thought that was really unprofessional and weird. Um, so I just got on, we have like an online thing where you can get on and see test results and appointments and everything. I canceled the appointment. Um, then I had to go back to the heart doctor today to do an echocardiogram and everything. And everything looked good. He said, everything looks good. Uh, but he asked me about the neurologist and, um, I told him, you know, I told him who the guy was and everything. And I said, you know, what happened and everything. And he goes, I don't blame you. And, and I said, and I, but I also told him, I said, you know, since I had been in there last week to see him, I started, you know, I think I'm starting to feel better. But, um, he goes, I can't believe it. And I was like, you know, I'm no kidding. I said, no, seriously, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't really like the guy. I said, maybe you just don't hit it off with somebody or something. But, you know, I said, it was like, he was just trying, trying to talk me out of anything other than sleep apnea and doing a sleep study. So I said, you know, I just canceled the appointment. I said, if, you know, I'm starting to, I think I'm starting to feel better. If I do continue to not feel well, I'll get a referral, you know, even from him, the heart doctor, you know, to somebody else. But I said, I'm not going back to that guy. So anyway, then when I was getting ready to go to the doctor today, which I just got back, I was getting ready and I go in to take a shower and, you know, put my foot up on the, like the side of the, of the tub to, you know, wash and God damn it, if I didn't pull something in my fucking back. So I have to go to this, this heart doctor and I'm walking like an old man. Um, then, you know, I had to lay on my side and have her do the, put the, uh, gel stuff on my back and my chest and stuff and listen to me. And I've had this woman's done it before, like in my uh, carotid artery and stuff, checking that. And, um, so, you know, she likes to talk. So at least it went fast. So I got home and, um, you know, I'm just going to lay around here and dick around and, uh, try not to try and let this back thing, you know, I don't want it to get as bad as it did the last time when I had to go get those shots and stuff. Uh, but anyway, I was sitting in there and I thought, you know what, I might jump on here and do a quick podcast. Cause I had been, um, watching a few movies on HBO max while I was not feeling well. Um, and I saw that they have a, a new trailer that, um, I saw this morning, uh, I guess it's, um, Tom Hanks movie and he must play Colonel Tom Parker uh, who was Elvis Presley's manager. And, um, I thought it looked pretty good. Um, I didn't, uh, but you know, I was, it has, uh, Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker, like narrating the trailer or whatever. And I don't know what accent he's going for. I haven't actually, I don't actually remember if I've heard Colonel Tom Parker for real or not. But this guy, I mean, Tom Hanks, when he was, when he sounded like he was playing Colonel Tom Parker, it sounds more like a, like a German POW 
uh, commandant or something. So I don't know if he's going for a Southern accent or if that's how Colonel Tom Parker talked or what. I just always assumed that since Elvis was from the South and, you know, and all that, that, you know, Colonel Tom Parker had a Southern accent. I don't know. So, but it did, it looks like, I mean, I, I watch it. I don't know if I go to the theater and see it, but I haven't been to the theater since the whole COVID thing started. So I don't know if I'd go anyway. I just wait for it to come out on some streaming service. I watched Heat again. Um, was that yesterday or day before? Um, still great movie, great casting. I like everything about it. I could probably recite, you know, the entire movie. Um, uh, verbatim, you know, every scene. Um, and we covered it, you know, a, we talked about it a bazillion times before, but I still really like it. Uh, I always, I, for, I did forget that Natalie Portman was in it and that she is the, you know, the, uh, well, I, I don't think she was stepdaughter. She, I would say stepdaughter, but I don't think Pacino and his girlfriend were married in this. Uh, so he's kind of like a, um, you know, her mom's boyfriend or but she was, you know, she was good. A little kid and everything. Hey, little kid. Uh, Wayne Grow is always, you know, sleazy as hell and weird. Um, but it's just a great cast. Um, I want to watch this movie High Time from 1960. Um, it's a Blake Edwards movie. I found it on, uh, I think Mike, um, Mike M, I will say, found it uh, at a flea market or something like that. And it's out of print. He found the Blu-ray. And they're selling it for like $179 or something on um, used on either Amazon or eBay. And he found it for like a couple bucks. I did find it on uh, YouTube. I haven't watched it yet, but I want to watch it because it's Blake Edwards. And it stars Bing Crosby. But it must, you know, of course, toward the end or, you know, I don't know, Bing Crosby was older in this, not like super duper old. Cause I don't think he, I think he was around in the mid to late seventies. I would think I, I liked his movies with, uh, they're, they're old and maybe, you know, some people think they're corny or whatever, but, uh, the road movies with him and Bob Hope, I always like those. They're pretty funny. Um, I'm just scrolling down through the, um, silver and gold group. I posted a question about uh, your favorite Rob Lowe uh, movie. Uh, of course, Mr. Frost uh, from Paleo Cinema Podcast uh, said he doesn't have one because of Rob Lowe's past. Um, I guess it would be statutory rape. I don't know if it, I guess, you know, would it be statutory rape uh, that Rob Lowe had uh, screwed a 16 year old? Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, there's that age of consent thing. Uh, I remember when that happened, but see, I'm blurry on a lot of the, uh, uh, I know it was a scandal. I don't think he ever did any time for it or anything. I'm not sure. Uh, 16, I don't know if it depends on what state or parental consent or how that works. I personally, as an adult, <laughs> would not have sex with a 16-year-old. I wouldn't want to take that chance. So I understand what he's saying. But separating the art, if you want to call uh, uh, Rob Lowe an artist, uh, separating the art from the artist and just going by the entertainment value. Uh, Mike M. again. Uh, his He said his favorite um, Rob Lowe vehicle uh, was Youngblood. And I, I'm 
can't remember if we covered that on Silva and Gold or not. It seems like maybe we did, or at least we talked about it. Uh, I know there were some times where we were covering, you know, we would cover uh, some kind of a sports movie every once in a blue moon uh, and like um, Rat Pack movies and things like that. And that's what a lot of these fall into. But uh, Young Blood was a hockey movie about um, it was almost like a like Rob Lowe was kind of like playing a Wayne Gretzky like hockey player who had, uh, you know, all the skills in the world. Like he was really fast. He could really stick handle and score a shitload of goals and everything, but he was more of a pretty boy, like just like Rob Lowe, you know, kind of more of a um, slight of build, uh, but, you know, good-looking guy, but not a fighter and not a rough player. And um, that was his main thing was that he um, he would get knocked around and stuff, and the other players on the other team would try and knock the shit out of him to throw him off his game because they knew that he was quite like kind of like a puss or they thought he was a puss. Um, Peter Zezel from the Flyers was in this movie and I'm sure there was probably, you know, I think Keanu Reeves was uh, the goalie um, and Patrick Swayze was the other, you know, it was Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze uh, and Swayze was like kind of the older veteran kind of a guy uh, and hey, this is this is like a point. This is Point Break before Point Break, except um, Swayze and Rob Lowe were more like the Johnny Utah thing. But Johnny Utah is actually in this, so Swayze and Keanu were actually in this, and they were in Point Break. Um, my uh, suggestion was, and I think this again is another one that we covered on Silver and Gold was uh, about last night with um, Rob Lowe. Uh, Demi Moore and Jim Belushi. I need to bring up my IMDb. I can't believe I'm so unprepared. Fart noise. IMDb, Johnny. DB, not IMBD. Probably get BDSM if I do that. What's this domino? I apparently have not cleaned out my, uh, my cash since the last time I did a show. Domino with uh, uh, Nicolaj Costerwaldo. Um, yeah, I remember that. I remember doing that show and watching that movie. It was a pretty good movie. Uh, let's see here. Let's see about Elizabeth, Elizabeth, wasn't Elizabeth McGovern about last night. I know they remade that here recently, but I haven't seen the remake. Uh, the other chick who was Demi Moore's, um, friend slash roommate was Elizabeth Perkins. Uh, she was really good in this too. Her and John Belushi, or Jim, John Belushi, her and Jim Belushi were both really good in this. Uh, who else was in this? Anybody that's worth acknowledging? Tim Karzinski. He was on Saturday Night Live back when it, well, it still sucks. So, you know, uh, who was the redhead? Not the redhead. You fucked the redhead? Uh, I don't know if she's on here, if they have her. They have the full cast, so maybe she might be Rebecca Arthur. I don't know. Or Ada Maris. Who knows? Whatever. Who cares? Uh, the other one about last night was... Who was in that? That was Kevin Hart, Michael Ely, and Regina Hall. Uh, and it also had... Okay, that's same names. Bernie. Uh, Kevin Hart played the um, Jim Belushi character. Uh, Joy Bryant plays Debbie, who was Demi Moore. 
Uh, Regina Hall is Joan, who's Elizabeth Perkins. Terrell Owens is in this, who played for the Cowboys. Uh, that's a surprise. I might have to watch this. <laughs> I, I guarantee it wouldn't be as good as uh, Michael Ely. What else was he in? He's the one that plays the Rob Lowe part. And he was also in Barbershop. Uh, think Like a Man, Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, probably, I mean, nothing that I... Jacob's Ladder, that's a new movie. So that's not like the one with... Um, What's his face? Tim Robbins. Uh, what else is this dude in? Underworld Awakening. He played a cop in that. I don't know this guy, I don't think. He doesn't even look familiar. He was on ER. Too Fast, Too Furious, Too Pooped, Never Die Alone. What was that? After what you've done to me. Ooh. Oh, David Arquette. Ooh, I gotta watch that. Nope. No, thank you, David Arquette. Uh, let's go back here. Then Bill B. See, I don't know if some of these people want their names mentioned, so I'll just say Bill B. Where are you, Bill B? Bill B is, uh, he liked uh, St. Almost Fire. I think we covered that one too. I mean, for God's sakes, I think we may have covered every Rob Lowe movie ever made, which wouldn't be too hard. St. Almost Fire was good. That was definitely a Rat Pack movie with Emilio Estevez. Again, Demi Moore. Um, Oh, who else? Judd Nelson. I wonder, I mean, you know, Judd Nelson was pretty good. I don't know why he didn't, uh, they had a St. Elmo's Fire TV episode. They had a TV show, St. Elmo's Fire. And then they had a TV episode, St. Elmo's Fire Hydrant. What the fuck is that? <laughs> That's 2016. St. Elmo's Fire. <laughs> Dick. Uh, my voice is not very good right now. It's kind of sick. <laughs> um, but St. Elmo's Fire, that's a, it's an old favorite from back when we were kids. Um, that was like freshman year of college. Uh, Joel Schumacher and um, who else? Andrew McCarthy. I was saying the other day, whatever happened to Andrew McCarthy? Uh, you know, he kind of fell off the earth. Uh, I know Emilio Estevez started doing stuff behind the scenes like uh, directing and producing and things like that. Andrew McCarthy, let's see what he's been up to. Daddy-o. He was on the blacklist. He is still working. Good good Girls, uh, I guess that's a TV series. He plays Mr. Fitzpatrick. I don't know anything about that, about that. What was the last movie he was in? He was pretty good. I mean, he was a good actor. He, he definitely had that uh, niche of being like the nice guy in these movies. Um, you know, teen movies and stuff like that, uh, where Rob Lowe would be the, uh, I don't know if Rob Lowe was always, a, I mean, I mean, for God's sakes, look at Rob Lowe, you know, what else is he going to play but Rob Lowe? Uh, fucker's pretty handsome. Him and Stamos are definitely vampires. Uh, let's see. Andrew McCarthy did a lot of TV, a lot of TV. Uh, Joy Luck Club. I was going to watch that the other day on, um, Oh, what's that app that uh, I think Ken, Ken Jay, Ken Jay, uh, Kino Cult, it's on there. But I don't, I don't remember if I've ever seen that or not. Weekend at Bernie's 2, that was, I mean, Weekend at Bernie's was a big thing for him. Year of the Gun, I remember that when uh, he was like in, was it Italy, when a lot of uh, student protest and terrorism was going on. Uh, that also has Sharon Stone. 
it's a John Frankenheimer movie, but I don't think I ever saw that one. I always, you know, I, first of all, if I'd have known that Frankenheimer was the director, I would have watched it. I had a little bit of a, like, if I saw that Andrew McCarthy was a star of a movie, uh, especially something that wasn't light-hearted kind of uh, teen movie sort of thing, uh, or like a rom-com or something, I was, you know, I probably would have shied away from it just because I, I kind of, um, I got annoyed with him smoking cigarettes and rubbing his eye. Uh, and he always had the same look and they played Blaine and pretty in pink. So that kind of, he made me mad, uh, class. I think that was with him and Jacqueline Bissett. That was one of those ones that on the box cover art and, and Rob Lowe too. So there's, uh, two more of the, uh, of the, uh, uh, Brat Pack, Rob Lowe and Jacqueline. Now I need to go on a Rob Lowe, um, movie fest. Cliff Robertson is in that. John Cusack. Uh, I haven't seen Class in so long that I don't remember that much about it. Uh, Virginia Madsen. Uh, Casey Shamashko. Uh, Stuart Margolin, who was Angel on Rockford Files. Alan Buck, who was in um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Young Guns. Uh, Young Guns 2, I think, maybe. I don't, I don't remember. But, of course, if you have... Uh, Dick Cusack. I wonder if that is John Cusack's dad. He was born in 1925. He was an actor and writer known for While You Were Sleeping in 1995, Eight Men Out, of course, that had John Cusack in it. So I'm imagining that this fucker is Cusack's papa, maybe? Children, John and Joan, Joan John and Ann Cusack. Well, well, he's father of... Susie, John, Joan, Ann, and Bill Cusack. So, okay, yeah, there you go. And he put, he also, uh, what did he, did he write? Yeah, he wrote The Fugitive from 1993, Eight Men Out, which is a really good movie. The Fugitive's really good. While You Were Sleeping, what was that? I've been listening to... Um, Chicago. So <laughs> I, don't know why. I kept thinking, why do I want to uh, sing? Um, After what you've done to me, ooh, baby, now I can make it easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, like I said, my voice is shitty today, so I don't want to even do that. Peter Gallagher, Bill Pullman, and Sandra Bullock, a hopelessly romantic Chicago Transit Authority token collector is mistaken for the fiancé of a coma patient. Hey, Peter Boyle's in that, too. I really like him. Uh, who else? Jack Warden, good actor. Uh, Michael Rispoli. He has been in a lot of stuff I've seen. I think he was in a gangster movie that I watched recently. What was it? He was in Kick-Ass. He was in Rum... Oh, Rum Diary with uh, Johnny Depp. Uh, and he was in Summer of Sam, SOS Summer of Sam. He's also, I think, in... Is it Endgame? No, that's just our advertisement. Advertisement. What was the mafia movie that I watched that he was in? He's a pretty good actor. He's in Man on High Castle. I watched a couple episodes of that, but I didn't keep up with it just because, you know, one of those... Uh, Things about like uh, uh, I always say about series, you know, you get hooked and then they just go on and on and on and on. 
Uh, and it's kind of hard to keep up with them just because just I just get tired of it after a while and want to move on to something else. Uh, but this guy's a pretty good actor. Mm-hmm. What else was this in Sandra Bullock? Who's this little chickadee? Monica Kina. She's cute. She's probably like as old as me now. Uh, she was in Freddy versus Jason. Dawson's Crick. <laughs> Man of the House with uh, Tommy Lee Jones. I like Tommy Lee Jones. Who doesn't like Tommy Lee Jones? The guy, I mean, I guarantee you when he gets on an airplane, it probably is really hard because he's got so much baggage under his eyes. I've never seen a guy that has such big bags under his eyes. I don't know if he's had a hard life or what. I think I remember when reading when he was in Black Moon Rising that Linda Hamilton didn't get along with him because he was drunk a lot. So maybe he had an alcohol problem or something. I don't know. I I think it was one of those things that when uh, I was talking about it on this show that it said something like that they didn't get along and that uh, that was when Tommy Lee Jones was first starting to skyrocket as a leading man. And I think he was feeling his oats and being maybe um, drunk on the set or something, or, you know, I don't know what, Peter Gallagher. I always think he he was a singer, but I don't think he was a singer. That's Noel Gallagher, the uh, Oasis dudes, Mr. Deeds. I remember him in Mr. Deeds, Uh, American Beauty, the OC, Peter Gallagher. I know who he is, but um, he's, he, he looks like a, he, he's a fairly decent actor and everything, but he looks like he should be on a soap opera. Let's go back. I'm getting off in the wids. Uh, Virginia Madsen, you were so good looking. Daddy-o, back in the day. All right, mouse. Work, mouse. Mouse. That's a mow. Mow. Andrew McCarthy. Well, anyway, so I don't want to, you know, get too far into the searching for Andrew McCarthy because it looks like he has been working steadily, constantly, and a lot uh, ever since he was in the movies. But uh, if they're if they are, um, you know, feature movies, they're movies I've never heard of. And he got into doing a lot of TV. He played uh, in Jackie Bouvier Kennedy Onassis, the movie from 2000. He played Bobby Kennedy. Uh, that's kind of, you know, I shouldn't say odd casting. He might be pretty good at it. I don't know. Uh, let's go back. Uh, we were talking about St. Elmo's Fire. But St. Elmo's Fire is pretty good. It's it's worth a watch. It's, a, it's an old favorite. And it's one of those uh, pre-Demi Moore tit job uh, movies. Uh, and everybody loved me more back then. She had a little scratchy voice probably from smoking when she was young, you know, and everything. And she's young in this and everything. And her and Emilio, I think were actually an item at, I don't know if it was at this time or not. They were in, when they were dating, they made that movie wisdom, which I'd like to watch again, just because I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, but this one follows around a bunch of college friends and blah, blah, blah. Is Eric Stoltz in St. Elmo's Fire? Eric Stoltz? No, that's not Eric Stoltz. That's a chick. That's uh, what's her name? <laughs> Wait a minute. I was just looking at a little thumbnail and I thought, who the fuck is that? That looks like Eric Stoltz, but I didn't remember. It's Ali Sheedy. Uh, Ali Sheedy was in a lot of shit for a long time, you know, when she was young in the uh, Brat Pack. But then I, I, I do remember her. 
Uh, I think she came out of the closet that she was um, lesbian, and she made a movie where she played a lesbian, but then I don't remember her doing, uh, you know, maybe it's one of those things where when she started getting older, she stopped getting parts. X-Men Apocalypse, she plays Scott's teacher. Hmm. Did not know that. Fugly, she was in a movie called Fugly from 2014 with John Leguizamo. And Rosie Perez, Fugly. Alfredo Rodriguez de Vila. I, I don't know. John Leguizamo must like fucking give a really uh, a good blowjob or something. Thomas Melian is in Fugly. Hmm. That blows my fucking mind. I would I was gonna say, I don't think I would ever watch Fugly, but if uh Thomas Melian is in this, he plays Gramps. So maybe he is. John Leguizamo's grandpa. Uh, and of course, Ali Sheedy, who is who we were looking for. Let's go back to Ali Sheedy. Fugly. <laughs> uh, she was in Psych. She uh, must have Mr. Yang. She played a dude, or maybe she was a transgender. Mr. Yang. Um, let's see what else. I'm going to go back to where she... Um, was in something that I do. <laughs> I'm going down to Lucky Town, down to Lucky Town. See, Bruce Springsteen, it doesn't matter what your voice sounds like. <laughs> Lucky Town. Now, and of course, Iggy Pop had the song Butt Town. Um, they should have switched those around and had Bruce sing Butt Town. St. Elsewhere. Okay, Ali Sheedy was on St. Elsewhere. We used to watch that. Um, and Hill Street Blues. She was in Bad Boys. Was she um, probably Sean Penn's girlfriend in that? And then um, those guys like raped her or whatever. And then he went to prison to get back at uh, the Kurgan and the other dude. And Kurgan put a booger in his fucking green beans in the boys' prison. Now, see, that was a good movie. That was a really fucking uh, uh, dark, gritty-ass fucking movie. Uh, Issei Morales uh, was um, Kurgan's... Was the, he was like the leader. Kurgan was his muscle. Clancy Brown was Issei Morales' muscle. Viking Lofgren and Paco Moreno. Um, I have not seen this. I used to watch this one all the time on VHS because I just thought it was a really good movie. I haven't seen it in forever. Uh, Bad Boys. See, that's why when I start doing this show, I start finding all these movies that I'm like, oh man, I'd like to go back and watch it. War Games with, um, what's his face? Matthew Broderick, isn't it? Uh, director John Badham. What did he do besides War Games? Where did he go after that? Because that, that was a pretty popular fucking movie there for a while. Uh, well, not for a while, but he did Drop Zone, which we reviewed on Sylvan Gold. That's the Wesley Snipes. Um, I think that's the Wesley Snipes, uh, parachuting movie. Let's see. Yeah. Wesley Snipes, uh, Gary Busey, Yancey Butler. Um, who else was in that? Do, 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 do. Malcolm Jamal Warner. You can't go wrong with Malcolm Jamal Warner. Mickey Jones. I think he was the fat guy in um, The Double Douche. What was that movie called? Roadhouse? (laughs) Okay, let's get out of here. Um, 
I thought that was Tim Rosovich, but it's not. John Badham. He also did, uh, God damn, how many drop zones were there? Was there more than one drop zone? Was there a need for more than one drop zone? I don't think so. Uh, let's see, what else did he direct after he, okay, he did War, Blue Thunder, Dracula. Was that Frank Langella? Let me look. Mary's off the pitch, <laughs> snored her ass off right now. Dracula. Is this the sexy Dracula? Yes, Frank Langella plays a sexy Dracula with Laurence Olivier and Donald Pleasance. Um, Kate Nelligan, who else was in Dracula? I just remembered, I don't, I didn't see this one. I just remember they were saying how, you know, Frank Langella was so sexy. He was Dracula, but he was settled sex appeal. And then in that movie, that one movie, uh, the men's club or whatever with Roy Scheider and uh, Treat Williams and Frank Langella, um, Jennifer Jason Lee, that was just her character. She said that uh, Frank Langella had a big horse cock. Um, but I mean, that was not off the set. She's, that was what she was said in the movie. Uh, Blue Thunder War Games. American Flyers was good. That was with um, uh, Kevin Costner. Short Circuit. This guy made some good movies. Uh, he's one of these ones that, I, that he was in, he made a lot of good movies, but I just never cared to look and see who directed these movies. Shortcut, Stakeout with Emilio Estevez and Richard Dreyfus. Bird on a Wire. That was Goldie Hawn and Mel Gibson. I think it was a big flop. Uh, the Hard Way... That was Michael J. Fox and James Woods. I'd like to watch that one. I know I've seen it, but it was so long ago. Michael J. Fox has a mullet. And James Woods is usually pretty good, even though he turned into a fucking douchebag. Stephen Lang is in this. Annabella Shiora, Luis Guzman, uh, LL Cool J. Who else? Penny Marshall. Uh, Christina Ricci, who um, really looks good now. Uh, Louis Black. Yeah, I might have to watch this one, too. I just have to keep my um, IMDb up so I can remember. A lot of these are probably on streaming. Whose Life Is It Anyway? That's Richard Dreyfus. That's one of those sad hospital movies. I think he's paralyzed and, you know, eh, I want to die, blah, blah. Um, Point of No Return. That is Bridget Fonda and Gabriel Byrne. See, my brain is coming back. My brain fog must be going away. Uh, let's see what else. Nick of Time. That was Johnny Depp and... Uh, Christopher Walken. It's a pretty good movie. It's a little slow. I remember I only saw it one time and I was kind of like, you know, ooh, Christopher Walken, you know, it's pretty good. But I didn't think it was that good. Uh, Incognito. What's this? Incognito. Jason Patrick. Uh, he's very difficult from what I understand. Ian Richardson, I like him. Uh, Rod Steiger can, he's hit or miss. He's a good actor, but sometimes he can ham it up and, you know, that one movie, um, he decided to stutter in with, um, Charles Bronson, Love and Bullets. And then there was another one that, uh, the Spaghetti Western with James Coburn, um, Duck You Sucker. I thought he was, he sucked in that. He was the worst part of it. Irene Jacob. I think I remember her. She was a cutie. She was in U.S. Marshals. She was the chick that I believe Wesley Snipes, wasn't she Wesley Snipes' lover? And uh, she was hiding him out. And then Tommy Lee Jones and the other guy went to her uh, house or her apartment to find Wesley Snipes. 
And uh, Tommy Lee Jones told her, you know, he he really hopes that she wasn't lying to him. Da 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 da. Uh, she's a pretty hot little chick. Sexist. <laughs> this is this show is not PC. Uh, Jack Bull. That was John Cusack. I haven't seen that one. That's a western with John Cusack. I heard it was actually pretty good, but I haven't seen it. Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel. I hope this back doesn't get fucked up. Let's see. Crossing Jordan. Okay, so then it goes into a lot of TV shows uh, for um, the dude, the uh, John Badham. So his last big thing was, okay, he did Drop Zone, which I don't think was any kind of a hit. I think Point of No Return was pretty good. And, and, and of course, Stakeout was good, so they did a, a remake uh, or a uh, sequel, another Stakeout. Drop Zone wasn't that good. Nick of Time wasn't that good. Incognito wasn't that good. So then he had like three in a row there. And I, I, I know I saw another Stakeout with um, Emilio and uh, Richard Dreyfus, but I don't remember... I, I I know I liked the first one. We thought it was pretty good. But after that, I don't know if, um, I can't remember if the sequel was, you know, a big hit or anything. So he might have had like one, two, three, about three or four movies that kind of missed. And then it seems like after that, he was just TV, 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 all the way up until 2020. Uh, see that when you have no plan on your show, then you get into this shit. I don't even know who that guy is. And right now I can't even, it's John something. I just was reading about him and now I can picture his name, but I can't tell you what it is now, but, um, he was pretty good. He made some pretty good light, light movies. Uh, dead zone. What am I looking up now? Ali Sheedy must've been dead zone, the TV show or something. Uh, cause she got into TV and then a lot of kind of movies I've never heard of. Oz. She was on Oz. Ali Sheedy. Okay. I think we've milked that one enough. St. Elmo's fire. And, uh, Steve H. He said he liked, uh, bad influence. And that was James Spader. And how would you rate? IMDB says, how would you rate St. Elmo's Fire? Oh, fucking as many stars you can give it. Um, let's see. What was that movie? Uh, I said, I thought it was Sex, Lies, and Videotape, but it was Bad Influence. Bad Influence. Because Rob Lowe got into that trouble with the statutory rape or whatever you want to call it. And then he made like this movie and Sex, Lies, and Videotapes, I think came out around the same time. So it was kind of, I don't think it was like scandalous or anything, but it was like, ooh, you know, Rob Lowe. I think Rob Lowe was one of those guys that was, he's so good looking that even though it was a statutory rape thing and the girl was 16 or whatever, that I think that he kind of, people didn't give a shit. Or I think they did, but it kind of added something to his... uh, his persona that he was, you know, dangerous or something. You know, I don't know if you'd call it dangerous. It's kind of weird and sleazy, but Spader always usually played the scuzzy guy. But then I've seen some movies where Spader wasn't the scuzzy guy and somebody else was the scuzzy guy trying to lead Spader down the wrong path. Um, Let's see. This is a soft and hesitant young man is in danger when he tries to break tox- a toxic relationship with a mysterious stranger claiming to be his friend. 
And I think in this one, Spader was the mild-mannered guy, and Rob Lowe was the bad boy. Bad boy. Mary is snoring. Marsha Cross is in this. She was in... What was she in? She's the redhead, not the rudhod. She is was in uh, Desperate Housewives. Okay. And some other TV shows and stuff. She's, she's kind of hot. She's a... She's a there was a certain show she was on. Was it Desperate Housewives that I knew? I didn't even watch that. She was on Another World. One Life to Live. Who's the boss? Who's the Knots Landing? TV, TV, TV. Mary is snoring like a motherfucker. She played Dr. Sarah Sitterides on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ally McBeal, who married Harrison Ford. Uh, who cares? Marsha Cross. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Nothing else going on here with uh, the Spader movie. What kind of rating did this get? Uh, Steve H. This one gets a 6.3. Now, what's Sex, Lives, and Videotape? Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Sex, Lives, and Betamax. Okay, that was a year before. Um... Bad influence. Sex Lies and Videotape was Soderbergh, and that also had James Spader. Now, in this one, he probably is the bad guy, and Peter Gallagher is probably the good guy. Andy McDowell, a sexually repressed woman's husband, is having an affair with her sister. The arrival of a visitor with a rather unusual fetish changes everything. So, if Peter Gallagher is, I'm assuming he is the sexually repressed woman's husband and then Spader shows up and he likes to shit on glass coffee tables while somebody lays underneath of it. That might just be me, you know, projecting. Uh, this isn't a very big cast. Soderbergh, it's got Spader, Andy McDowell, uh, Laura San Giacomo, uh, Peter Gallagher and like a couple, two or three other people and that's it. There's The Secretary. I like that movie. Traffic, I haven't seen that one in a long time. I liked Benicio Del Toro's uh, part of that movie the most, and that's what I remember the most. The rest of it can, you know, I don't know. It was okay. I don't think it deserved any kind of an Oscar. Is that the one with Matt Dillon? And they won the Oscar for Best Picture? Don't know. No, that was, yeah, I think maybe. Eh, who cares? Uh, let's see anyway. Bubble. What was Bubble? It's got like a bunch of doll baby heads. Bubble. Set against the backdrop of a decaying Midwestern town, a murder uh, becomes the focal point of three people who work in a doll factory. That's also Soderbergh. Deb, Debbie uh, Dobie Reiner, Omar Cohen, and Dustin James Ashley. Was this Soderbergh's first movie? When was this made? Daddy-o. Uh, where's the uh, thing on it? It's 6.6. Where is the date, bitch? Eh, I guess I'm just going to have to move along because I don't care enough and I'm not going... God is trying to punish me by making me irritated. Have to what you've done to me. Ooh, baby, now. Remember my sister said that when Peter Cetera would sing, he looked like he had a rub of snuff in his lip. Mayor Winningham. She's the one that uh, Rob Lowe said she was wearing a, when they went out on a date. 
he was like rubbing her leg and he said, oh, you wore your scuba suit because she had, I think, a, um, I don't know if they call that a girdle or not. It would be almost like compression shorts now, but I guess they hold your figure in. Andy McDowell was pretty good looking. Uh, Mara Winningham. She kind of disappeared. I like that movie Philomena. That was good. Uh, that's a true story with um, uh, Judy Dench and Steve Coogan. Really good movie. I really recommend that one if you want to check it out. It's uh, pretty entertaining and kind of sad. Uh, but it also, not just, not all sad. I mean, you know. But Let's see. Mayor Winningham. The Outsiders TV show. She kind of fell into the uh, TV thing, too. The War, Wyatt Earp. Okay, she was in Wyatt Earp. Are you my friend, Wyatt Earp? I'm Wyatt Earp. Okay, I don't care about Mayor Whittingham. A lot of these brat packers just kind of, you know, literally, hey, as long as you're working, you know, that's uh, Judd Nelson. I got to look at Judd Nelson. Because the last thing I remembered him in, he played like a... Uh, uh, a guy in an, a BDSM dungeon or something. And he had these big mutton chop sideburns and it was kind of like him trying to um, break out into sleazy adult roles. Blue City. I remember that one with him and Ali Sheedy. See, they all work together. And I bet you five bucks, if they starred together in a movie, I bet you Judd Nelson was banging Ali Sheedy at this time. And that's why she turned into a lesbian. David Crusoe, a drifter returns to his Florida hometown only to discover that his father, the local mayor, was mysteriously murdered during his absence. Uh, vowing to find the killer and avenge his father's death, he starts his own investigation. I saw that. See, we watched everything. Back then, we would go to the movies at the theater all the time. And all the Brat Pack movies we watched. Uh, Paul Winfield is really good. He's in this. Uh, Ali Sheedy, Judd Nelson, David Crusoe, Scott Wilson. Love Scott Wilson. Great actor uh, who has passed away. Uh, Tom Tiny Lister. Zeus. That's about all on that one. That's another one I'm going to have to check. I'm going to have to go on a Brat Pack. Uh, Brat Packathon. Transformers the movie. Judd Nelson played Rodimus Prime. Hot Rod. That's kind of funny. Uh, from the hip, I remember that when he played a lawyer. Uh, I don't know if we reviewed that one on the show or not. Maybe. Relentless. Okay, he played that bad guy in that one that was relentless. <laughs> That's another one where he was trying to break out. And instead of being in like teen, you know, young movies like that, he was playing like bad guys and stuff. Two Los Angeles police detectives, a cynical veteran, Malloy and cocky rookie Dietz, uh, hunt for a serial killer, an ex-cop named Taylor who randomly chooses his victims from the phone directory. And then he's relentless chasing them. Relentless. Uh, Robert Loja is the old cop. Uh, Judd Nelson is Arthur Buck Taylor. He's the bad guy. Uh, Dietz is Len Rossi, who is in a lot of stuff, but never really, eh. uh, Meg Foster, who has the, the weirdest blue eyes of all time. Um, let's see who else. Bo Star. Roy Brocksmith. I know if you, you've seen him, you'd know who he is. Edward Bunker is in this too. Did he write this? Nope. William Lustig. William Lustig. <laughs> I know of I know of him. Maniac. Uh, Dark Man. William Lustig. Was he? 
an actor too. Okay, he directed the 1980 Maniac, uh, Vigilante, Maniac Cop. Oh, Frederick uh, Forst, Forster, Fred Williamson. I think I saw that one. That's pretty good. Uh, Lustig. He did a lot. Who? What kind of acting credits does he have? Probably in movies that he did. Yeah, Maniac Cop, Vigilante, Maniac, Relentless. Dark Man, Army of Darkness. He plays the fake Shemp. Fake Shemp. That sounds familiar. Uh, fake Shemp. I'm going to be Fake Shemp 2. Okay, Tom Savini. That's a matter Lustig. I knew that name sounded familiar, so he's done a lot of stuff that we are familiar. Hey, we, the royal we, are familiar with. Maniac Cop 2, Maniac Cop 3. Uh, lots of Maniac Cop stuff. Blah. If he's dead, is he dead? Lustig. Nope. Uh, dig it. Ten years older than me. But I look better. But man, I don't look that much better. I'm starting to look like shit. Um, let's see here. Relentless. I might have to watch that one. I remember seeing the trailer for that one, but I don't think I ever watched it. Uh, Judd Nelson was also in, what was the one where he, from the hip. Okay, that was when he played Stormy Weathers. Yeah, Relentless. New Jack City. I need to rewatch that one. I keep saying that. I want to find it on streaming so I don't uh, pay for it. Uh, the Dark Backward, Marty Molt. No. What is this? The Dark Backward, Judd Nelson. A man pursues stand-up comedy encouraged by his fellow garbage man. By his fellow garbage man. So apparently he's a garbage man too. Um, though his friend who uh, accompanies him on an accordion continues to tell him how great he is, he actually stinks. When the comedian grows a third arm out of his back, the friend uses this twist to get him signed up with a sleazy talent agent and it begins to look like his career is on the move. Okay, I don't want to read it anymore. Uh, looks like his career is on the move even though his girlfriend has left him. That sounds like, that's a weird movie. And that was by Adam Rifkin. And it's Judd Nelson, Bill Paxton, Wayne Newton. This looks like a pretty zany movie. Wayne Newton, Laura Flynn Boyle, who got way too skinny. Uh, James Caan, Rob Lowe. Who else? Lots of people in this. So I wonder if uh, Judd Nelson didn't finance this or something. Adam Rifkin. Wasn't there a serial killer named Rifkin? And uh, they called him like shit ass or uh, uh, was Joel Rifkin. What was his nickname? Joel Rifkin. Joel Rifkin. He had a, fun, a weird nickname. No, Joel Rifkin was the one that uh, him and his... Um, uh, I don't know if they were married or not. Uh, they killed the woman's... Uh, it was I think it was his wife or his live-in lover wife, uh, common-law wife or something like that. And they killed... Oh, no, no, no. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Okay, this is Joel Rifkin. This is the one that had the funny nickname that was like shit ass or something like that. Um, let me look him up. Because on Seinfeld, um, Elaine was dating a guy and they were at a hockey game or a baseball game or something, basketball game, and they, they, they paged the guy over the uh, intercom and... Uh, the guy, her date's name was Joel Rifkin, but Joel Rifkin was a famous serial killer, uh, doing 203 years in prison for the murders of nine women. 
um, though he is believed to have killed up to 17. He was the one that had the chick in the uh, pick in the back of his pickup truck and the body stunk and everything, and he got pulled over by the cops. I just want to see what his nickname is. It was like fat ass or something. Um, Joel Riff, Riffkin nickname. I think it was fat ass. Joel the Ripper. God damn it. I know it was something funny. Like it was, it wasn't the nickname Lardass. I think it was Lardass. Okay. Nicknamed the Turtle. Unfortunately, Rifkin had trouble fitting in a school. His slumping posture and slow gait made him a target for bullies. He was given the nickname Turtle, but I think that his other nickname was Lardass. Um, okay. Now, the one that I'm thinking of that the guy and the woman were supposedly into rough sex and she had, they, they were smoking crack all the time and the little kid, the daughter got killed and the woman, when they got arrested, she had two big black eyes and they said that, um, um, he like controlled her and shit. Uh, let's see. What was that? I can't remember what that, that was on a, that was a, a, um, they used that case, um, on law and order, which what, what case didn't they use on law and order? Uh, NYC husband. Uh, I can't remember. I'll probably never find it, but, um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's it's few uh, extra. Somebody, my sister will probably know who I'm talking about. So if she listens to this, she will know. Uh, I just can't remember. It was like in the maybe late 70s, early 80s. I just remember the woman being on TV and going to trial and stuff. When they when they arrested her, she had two great big black eyes, and they said that he had abused her and the kid for years and he was a lawyer. Let me see. Uh, God damn it. Google. Do me a favor, Google. Help me. Help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. And for some reason, I'm thinking that maybe there was a thing where they said that maybe the wife killed the kid. No, it's not Aldridge. Decap. Okay, smoking. They smoke crack too. I'll put that in there. New York City lawyer. Uh, crack kills girlfriend. Or the daughter died of uh, abuse. Joel Steinberg. Okay, that's who it was. And Hedda Nussbaum. Okay. And um, 
That was a disbarred New York City criminal defense attorney who attracted international media attention when he was accused of rape and murder and was convicted of manslaughter in 87 uh, for the beating and subsequent death of six-year-old Elizabeth Lisa, uh, who he and his live-in uh, partner, Hedda Nussbaum, had illegally adopted. And he got out, I think. I remember thinking that he got out. Uh, let's see, legal proceedings. After his release, Steinberg moved to Harlem, where he took up construction industry. In 2006, he maintained his innocence. Mitchell was reunited, reunited with uh, his biological mother. What happened to Hedda? Noosebomb. Uh, da, 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 first degree murder applied. Yada, yada, yada. Ring, ring, ring. Crack cocaine. Ring, ring, ring. Crack cocaine. If you're going to do crack cocaine, don't adopt kids. Late in life, in the years following Lisa's death, Nussbaum worked to rebuild her life and had numerous reconstructive plastic surgeries. She also co-facilitated a support group for battered women for about eight years and later worked as a paralegal. Nussbaum began giving lectures on abuse, uh, colleges and shelters. Uh, when Steinberg was released from prison, however, she receded uh, from public attention until the publication of her book. And is she still alive? Yeah, still alive. Is Joel Steinberg still alive? Still alive. Only the good die young, baby. Okay, let's get out of this. Adam Rifkin, Detroit Rock City, last movie star. That was, was that Burt Reynolds? Yeah. Uh, Small Soldiers. Snort. <laughs> Mary's looking at me like, what the fucking hell are you doing, you jackass? What do humans, what do humans do? Uh, let's see. New Jack City, Entangled. Is that the one where he played the weirdo? Maybe. A car and lorry collide. The woman in the back seat is probably dead. The driver is severely hurt. In flashbacks, we see what led to the tragedy. He is David, a writer living in France, entering his novel, uh, entering his novel anonymously in a contest. She is Annabelle, his lover, a fashion model on the brink of international success. Each keeps secrets from each other. Derp. Uh, I don't even care. I'm getting tired of fucking recording. <laughs> We're an hour in. Let me get to the movies that I was fucking talking about, because if I keep this up, and my back's starting to hurt too. Okay, I watched also uh, Le Samurai with uh, Alain, Alain Dillon, uh, which is a great movie. I could watch it a million times and have watched it quite a few times. Love this movie. Uh, I could go in and watch it right now again. Okay, one of the main reasons I wanted to talk about uh, the Clint Eastwood movie Cry Macho, as Sean Connery would say, I don't profess to be macho. Uh, Cry Macho is a Sean Connery movie based on a novel. Uh, Sean Connery, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Clint East, Sean Connery is dead, and he probably would have looked better than Clint Eastwood did in this movie. A story of being lost and found. And it's on HBO Max right now if you want to watch it. This is one that passed me by. I usually watch every Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, but I didn't watch this one. And I thought Clint quit making movies. I thought he retired from making movies after he made that one where he was the drug guy driving, the old man driving the truck, uh, delivering drugs or whatever, smuggling drugs. Uh, Clint Eastwood, which was a good movie. This one was not a good movie. 
I did um, look up the book and saw the cover of the book and um, The Mule. Okay. Um, it looks like if this movie would have been made when Clint was like, uh, I don't know, 65, maybe even 70, um, you know, it might've been better. He might've been able to pull it off. I could see like, uh, you know, Scott Wilson or, uh, uh, what was his name? Michael Parks or somebody like that when they got older playing this part. But Clint is just, I mean, God bless him. Uh, he's just too old, uh, for this role. Uh, I think he was 91 years old when he made this. And, um, it looked to me like the book. Let me see when that book was written. Because the way that the movie, if they went by the book, uh, I could see why I could see it being like if this was made in the seven or in the fifties or something like that. Cry macho, macho book. Um, let's see when was this done? Nineteen seventy-five. Okay, even then. Um, the dialogue and everything, eh, it needed to be updated. The, the little, uh, kid, uh, the, uh, Mexican kid in it. I've even read some of the reviews and stuff because I thought, oh my God, this is really bad. Um, the acting in it was bad. It was really melodramatic. Um, but, uh, even right off the bat in like the first couple of minutes, I like Dwight Yoakam. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, this is horrible. Dwight Yoakam was horrible. Clint is trying to be Clint from, say, when he was maybe like in his 50s or 60s. And uh, he's still trying to show that, you know, like some sex appeal and chemistry with women and stuff. But he's 91 years old. Say the, say the one woman in this movie is like, uh, yeah, let's, let's say she, let's see how old she is. Um, yeah, yeah. There was one scene in this where this woman who's like a rich, uh, the, the, the kid's mother, um, and she's trying to seduce Clint. She's drunk and trying to seduce him. But Jesus Christ, if she's like, even if she was 50 years old, he's 90 fucking one years old. It was like trying to seduce a fucking, it was perverse. It was disgusting. Marta is the one that he dances with that he, that he meets and likes. Okay, she is was born in I was born in Saginaw, Michigan. She was in collateral damage with Anna Schwarzenegger. Oh, where you at there, honey? Honey bunny. Getting tired tired of doing the show. Not tired of doing the show totally. I'm just physically getting tired. Um, like my back and stuff, and I'm wanting to quit. But this movie sucks. <laughs> it doesn't say how old she is. That's weird. View resume. Resume? I want to fucking hire her. I just want to see how old she is. She might be... Let's see. Maybe she looks better than Clint. See full bio. Okay, here we go. Uh, five foot ten. She's a tall drink of water. Doesn't say how old she is, though. Anyway, Natalia Travan. Let me see if I can find it somewhere else, people. Cry macho. Hey, cry macho. The chicken's name is macho. <laughs> I didn't give anything away. Uh, is that a spoiler? How old? How old is? 52. Okay. She's 52. She's younger than fucking me. 
And Clint's giving her the eye, those sparkling eyes and that little grin. Okay, and you can see, okay, yeah, he probably could, he has, he has charisma still, but he's just so, I mean, he's really old. And I think that Clint's probably like, you know, hey, as long as I got some time left in me, maybe I'll, you know, make, make a movie or make a couple more movies. And this is a, a nice little, you know, movie. It's not like a anything nasty or mean or anything like that. But I agree with some of the reviews I saw where I think that if Clint would have just directed it and they say, say, okay, that Marta, uh, Natalia Traven, um, is 52. Say they would have picked somebody who was a broken down rodeo rider who was like maybe 60 or 50, you know, 55, 60 or something like that. I could see it, them pulling it off. There was a scene where in this movie where Clint is supposed to be helping this guy break uh, a horse that's really wild. And it's like, give me a break. Clint can't even hardly get out of the fucking car in this movie. And I'm not joking. I mean, you know how I said my back hurts and I'm walking humped over and stuff now? What's that noise? Oh, Dirty Dozen. Uh, the Dirty Dozen, 1967. Lee Marvin and an all-star cast. It's on YouTube for free uh, if you want to watch it. But Clint is really old and really super frail. He's still a big guy as far as his height and everything goes. But you can tell even with his clothes on him, mean, he looks skeletal. Uh, and he's just very old. I've, I feel bad for him, but this movie was not good. And uh, you can pass it by unless you want to watch it just for, you know, be a Clint completist. I watched Antlers which is a movie that I was turned on to by El Gorro uh, from Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Burp. I was listening to uh, the, his podcast while I was walking on the trail, and he mentioned this movie and saying that he wanted to see it. Well, then I looked it up and saw the trailer, and I was like, ooh, that looks like it'd be pretty good. It's, it looks like something I would be interested in. Uh, got a pretty good cast, Carrie Russell and... Um, the dude who looks like who played Philip Seymour Hoffman's son in uh, Master, uh, *The Master*, which was what's his name? Is it Jesse Plemons? Yeah, uh, he's really good. I like him. He was also in *The Irishman*. He played um, uh, not Jim, Jimmy Hoffa's um, stepson, and I never saw *The Power of the Dog*. Uh, my sister mentioned it the other day. I know that Benedict Cumberbatch is in it, but uh, I saw the trailer and it doesn't look very fun. <laughs> uh, let's see, Antlers. Uh, but I did like Antlers. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. It was creepy as fuck. Um, <sighs> I'm trying to think how I want to put this. I thought it was really good. Uh, but when it got down to the end and you see everything and everything is out in the open, you see what's going on and what everything is, it, to me, takes away from it a little bit. Um, the movie Ravenous, and this movie would be a good companion piece, um, Graham Greene is in this, not the uh, writer, of course, because he's dead, but Graham Greene, the actor, who was in Thunderheart and uh, some other movies. Uh, Native American actor, First Nations. Um, Scott Hayes, I did not realize that that's who that was, but he was the one that wiped his ass with a stick in that movie, Child of God. 
And I haven't seen Old Henry. I want to watch that. I saw the trailer for it, and it looks really good. Uh, and I'm waiting for it to come on Netflix or something. I know it. I think it's down to like 99 cents on like uh, Apple or something on iTunes. But I, usually when it's 99 cents, I get it. And then like within a couple of days, it's on fucking streaming. So I'm just going to wait. But I really want to see that. And I've heard a lot of people that I recommended it to because I saw the trailer say they watched it and said it was really good. Uh, let's see. So Antlers, I liked. If you like scary movies, you might like that one. It's very it has a very creepy, rural, creepy atmosphere. And I also watched uh, The King's Man. I really like this. I heard a few people say that they didn't like it at all. Um Ma, ma, ma. This was 2021. All these these uh, three movies showed up on HBO Max uh, just within a day or two of each other, and so I was like, "Oh, cool!" You know, these are ones that I've been wanting to go to the theater to see, and I've put off. Um, I don't get Peacock or Hulu, and then I've seen a few movies that I'm like, "Oh shit!" That one with uh, Gerard Butler that just came out, a cop movie. Uh, or whatever, where he's in uh, prison or in a jail cell with another guy or something. And it's almost looked like uh, Assault on Precinct 13 or something where these people are coming to kill him or whatever. I want to see that one, but I don't get that channel. Um, let's see. The King's Man uh, is, has Ray Fiennes uh, and Gemma Erterton and Reese E. Falls. Um, uh, Dijmon Hansau. He's in a bazillion things, but I don't know how to say his name. But I really like this fucking movie. I, I, I'm, uh, I like the, uh, oh, and uh, Daniel Brühl is in this. I like uh, this kind of, um, well, it's a fictional movie, uh, fictional historical movie based on true events but it's a lot more fun. <laughs> um, I like, I've said a million times on, on this show that I like uh, movies like uh, Rasputin exploitation movies. And this one might fall into that. Uh, the guy that plays Rasputin is really good. I loved Ray Fiennes in this. Um, I really liked him in the, um, in um, Skyfall. Um, I think he could be a really, I mean, even in this movie, I mean, he's a really good uh uh, you know, action kind of a guy, but you know, it's a, and I like the other, I, I, I like the first, um, Kingsman movie. The second one was okay. It was entertaining, but I don't even remember that much about it, except that, uh, fucking, uh, the tired stripper guy, what's his name was in it. And, um, I don't like him that much. Um, what was that guy's name? What's that guy's name? Secret Service. Okay, I liked Kingsman, the Secret Service. The Golden Circle, that guy, his name is... I like Colin Firth. I like Mark Strong. I like Taron Edgerton. Uh, what's that fucker's name? Channing Tatum. Tatum Channing. Uh, he's not my favorite. He's, he's around there with Wahlberg, except he never kicks somebody's eyeball out. Um, I like the, uh, is this the one that had Elton John in it? Elton John. But anyway, um, I liked the King's man. 
I would watch that one again. It is long, but it's it kept me interested the whole time uh, with the action. Plus, um, you know, I just like following along with that whole story about, you know, uh, World War One and uh, uh, Archduke Franz Ferdinand and Rasputin and uh, Nicholas II and all that stuff. I thought that was good. It's, it was interesting and entertaining. Okay, let's move on. Again, I need to uh, get off here. A guy recommended uh, on the podcast I watch, Motorcycle Podcast, um, um, recommended these these books, series of books called Monster Hunter International. And it seems like it was almost like from what he was saying, like uh, The Witcher, but I don't think it is like back in those times. But these people are trained to be monster hunters. He said the guy that did it, that writes these books, uh, like owned a gun store and so all the all the firearms and the guns and stuff in it are right on. I don't know if he was a military guy or not, but these people are trained to be monster hunters and they go after like werewolves and and vampires and stuff like that. So I don't know if it's any good or not. I put a thing on our group, but our group doesn't get that much response. I mean, we have our regulars who are really cool and love them. But uh, I asked if anybody had read these books. Uh, Shade Tree Surgeon, uh, who has a motorcycle uh, like uh, a vlog on um, YouTube. He he reads a lot of books and stuff, and he recommended these. Said they were really good. They're called. It's called uh, Monster Hunter International by Larry Correa, C O R R E I A. Uh, what did John Tech say here? Here is a true independent American filmmaker, Mister Yost or Jost, uh, has made over forty features and countless short films going back to the 1960s. He has uh, never had his films distributed by a major studio, but his works have been uh, in many international film festivals. Take a look at his history and appreciate a true artist. Okay, so he shared that. I didn't see that, so I just I just saw it now, so I'm going to have to go and look at that when we get off here. Uh, I watched uh, Nightmare Alley. Um, I saw the... Um, original not that long ago which i after i when i started watching i was like okay i've seen this before with tyrone power uh and i think iron mike mazurki is in that who was a former pro wrestler um but this is the uh, new one with bradley cooper let's see let me get on here and then i'm gonna shut it down because my back's really starting to bother me uh let's see night air alley i need to go lay down uh, it's Guillermo del Toro, who I love, uh, Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, uh, Tony Collette, uh, Richard Jenkins, Rooney Mara, Willem Dafoe, uh, Mary Steenburgen, Ron Perlman, uh, da, 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 David Strathairn, a lot of, a lot of people, uh, Holt McCallany, uh, I like him. He was in that, uh, the one about the, the TV show about the, uh, profilers that go talk to like Charles Manson and all those guys. Uh, which I wish they would bring back. Clifton Collins Jr., who Will does not like, but he was good in this. Uh, uh, Tim Blake Nelson is always good. He's in that uh, O. Henry or whatever the fuck that show's called. Um, anyway, this is. I thought this was pretty good. I like the original better. Uh, uh, they uh, flip around some things in it. Uh, this is well done. It's shot well. The costumes, everything looks really good and everything. Um, again... Uh, I just, I like the one with Tyrone Power better. Um, 
of course, since I saw the other one, the, the original, there wasn't any surprises. or There was a little bit because, like I said, they changed some stuff around. Rooney Mara was pretty good. Uh, Bradley Cooper was good. I mean, everybody was good in it. It just... Um, this one looks better, but the other one is better. The original is better. So, you know, but I still would watch it, you know, if you if you get a chance. Uh, I like, again, I said I like uh, Guillermo del Toro, so I want to watch everything he does. Anyway, but I'm going to get off here. I'm uh, on about uh, an hour and 20 minutes, and like I said, my back's starting to bother me. So I did want to get on here, and uh, I'll try and get this one out to you as soon as I go in here and rest up and then maybe come back in later on and uh, put it out for you guys. I hope it didn't stray too much and babble too much, but... Uh, just want to let you know what was going on, and uh, I had watched some movies, so I wanted to uh, talk about them while I was still fresh in the memory. Talk to you later, people. Bye.